2: Don't be fooled by the rocks that I got It's episode number 55 of Eric Roberts is the fucking man The world's most splendiferous Eric Roberts related podcast I'm Doug Tilly and joining me as per usual is my glamorous co-host Liam O'Donnell How are things, Liam? You know, they're okay Why just okay, Liam? Why not great? You know, we are in the midst of summer And that's usually, you know, there's a lot of people who they they feel very energetic, very revived during the summertime
0: Well, I don't have a problem with summer I'm I'm a pretty big summer fan Mm-hmm. We are approaching the end of summer, which is usually when I remember all the things I haven't done that are summery.
1: Okay, so well, let's,
2: this... let's list three things you haven't done that you want to do before the end of the summer. Your little, uh, your little personal summer bucket list.
0: Uh, I got to go down the shore. You know? Excuse me? Down the shore. Oh, I see. I got to go down the shore.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Um, I have not entered a pool since last year. Okay. I'd like to be in a pool. That sounds like a summer thing. Sure. Uh, and I was thinking about amuse- maybe an amusement park. That seems like a fun summer thing to do.
2: Does Philadelphia, Philly as you like to call it, does it have a good theme park you could uh, attend?
0: No, but as you know, I live mm-hmm. in the Lehigh Valley now, and mm-hmm. Dorney Park mm-hmm. is in the Lehigh Valley. It's actually Dorney Park is in the Lehigh Valley? Yeah, it's in Allentown. Dorney Park and Wildwater Kingdom. Billy
2: Joel's Allentown.
0: Billy Ch- I don't know how they would feel about that particular thing, uh, but I, I mean, I think summertime is uh, great in June when it's all possibility, and then it's a little bittersweet in August when I realize that as a working man with a child, I can't just hang out by the pool all summer and read trashy novels.
2: Liam, well, yeah, remember that Will Smith? Or I should say DJ Jazzy Jeff and this Fresh Prince song, Summertime, and it goes, summer, summer, summertime. Remember that song?
0: The fact that you are bringing that up to me as a Mm -hmm. Philadelphian is deeply offensive. Well, why is that? Because of course I know. Who do you think I am? I don't know.
2: I thought you only listened to hardcore punk music.
0: I don't know why I talk to you sometimes.
2: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, what, Liam, I, I should switch the subject matter around a little bit because I have to say... It might sound like I'm giving you a hard time, as I often do on the Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man podcast, but I'm very appreciative towards you this week on the show, Liam. Oh, why is that? For what possible well, reason? Now, you already know the reason, which is why you're being oh, slightly don't. facetious what? in your tone. In what which way? Which, I have I to don't... be honest, makes me want to not mention why <laughs> I'm feeling this way. <laughs> and maybe just say, fuck you, Liam, and just move on. But no, Liam, you actually have done, perhaps for the first time, a good deed. and And I have to say contributed to the eric roberts is the fucking man podcast which is a real blow away move on your part
0: i mean don't get me wrong i would love to uh just trash this project as much as i can hence mm-hmm. why i tell such boring stories at the beginning but uh uh-huh. um, i felt like i owed you for all the great work you've done for cinepunks the thing that actually matters uh-huh. and so uh this is like a way of, of paying you back
2: so listeners who don't know what the hell I'm talking about right now, uh, you should be following our social media, so you'd have more of an insight. But what Liam did, now Liam works in some capacity with some sort of clothing manufacturer, is that correct, Liam? No. No? You, but you did at one point. I did at one point, yes. And you have a relationship with these printers of clothing, is that yeah, right? Yeah,
0: Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations, I guess I'll buzz market them right now. Uh-huh. Uh, they make all of our Cinepunk shirts, of which there are irrationally too many and so um when i was thinking like oh you know doug might want some shirts i just sent him over our design uh by mike's uh smizillo i guess that's how you say his name uh of i just call him mikey smack uh it's a great design of course you do Liam. of course yeah, you yeah <laughs> yeah that's he loves that too he wants everyone to call him mikey smack he thinks that's well i, I shan't
2: It doesn't matter how great his logo is. I will never call him that.
0: (laughs) Um, Anyway, so I sent it on over, and they had him done really quick. The the only tough part was getting him shipped to you in Canada. Apparently, that's like a a deal, which I had no idea.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in fact, you did not tell me ahead of time that this is something that you were going to do. So I received a large package uh, and then brought it home and found that it was full of T-shirts, Liam, Two different colors of t-shirts that had the Eric Roberts is the fucking man logo printed on the front. And I have to say, it looks great. Uh, they, they really do. They really are a very high quality shirt, I would say.
0: I'm glad. I'm glad you feel that way. I, I can't wait to have one.
2: Uh, now, we have put this out into the universe that these things exist... And we've gotten some interesting feedback. A lot of people are very happy with the idea of wearing an Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man podcast shirt upon themselves. And I really like hearing that. But we've also had some people who had some issue, Liam, with the fact that our logo has the word fucking in it.
0: Mm, It's true. A few people were concerned and they kind of wanted us to do something about that, not realizing that these shirts, they already fucking exist and there's really
2: no change can be made. Right, exactly. Well, I mean, I have given an alternative that, uh, that some people can They can either accept or reject As uh, whatever the case may be But I'm going to actually talk to our special guest about this very subject. Now, uh, after last week, we talked to the wonderful Jack Perez. I think it's a really fun uh, episode, very off-model um, episode for Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man, where we interviewed a director of an Eric Roberts movie, but we're back to the Eric Roberts grind this week, and you can find today's guest on Twitter at FookThis, and uh, you can find her excellent film writing at TalkFilmSociety.com. It's the world's biggest Edwidge Fenich fan. It's Sarah Jane. How are you doing, Sarah?
1: Hello. How are you? I'm
2: fine. I'm doing so great, and mostly because you're here on the show to talk to us about Eric Roberts, which is literally my favorite topic on Earth.
1: All right. Thank yeah. you for having me.
2: It's great to have you. Now, we were just talking, Sarah, about the shirts and the fact that some people have an issue with the fact that it says Eric Roberts is the fucking man on the shirt. Now, would you, this, you know, as, a, as a person on the street like you are, would you wear a shirt that has a swear word on it?
1: Absolutely. I got thrown out of a mall once for wearing a Ned's Atomic Dustbin shirt that said, uh, Have you heard of Ned's Atomic Dustbin? And on the back, it said something like, Well, then you fucked up. And I got thrown (laughs) out. Oh, yeah. But I I think that.
2: Yo,
0: that's a great shirt.
1: It it was. It was awesome.
2: I feel like this is getting at the core of why people are concerned about wearing the shirt because they don't want to be thrown out of places.
1: Well, I was happy to be thrown out. It was a mall. I
2: mean, it's so.
1: If a place does not want me to have a shirt that says Eric Roberts is the fucking man, then I don't need to be in that place. This is,
2: that's how I feel. I think that echoes how Liam feels as well. If you are in a place where having the word fucking on your shirt in regards to Eric Roberts is is seen as distasteful or uh, or just not allowed, then it's not a place worth being in. So get out of that Chuck E. Cheese. Get out of that Dave and Buster's. You want to be in a place that's a lot more cool and hip. Now, Liam, I haven't been cool and hip in a long time. But you, of course, because you're such a cool, straight-edge punk, you know all the cool, hip places to be. They'd probably accept a shirt that says fucking out." Is that correct?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'd say that's accurate. I mean, um, you know, I I guess I have some limits when it comes to a shirt. You know, like uh, Cradle Filth had that shirt that said uh, Jesus is a cunt on it. (laughs) <laughs> that seems that seems like uh, you only wear that if you're ready to have a long conversation, possibly with someone <laughs> who really wants to discuss that with you. But if if <laughs> I, if I you know I have a gloss shirt, you know it says uh, gir- "girls living outside society shit," and I it doesn't even occur to me that someone's going to be like, "Oh my gosh, your shirt says shit!" Like, yeah, shit's it, not
2: even a bad word anymore, Liam. Really, it's not. I, yeah. I don't know. I
0: mean, so I I on one hand, there's a part of me that is uh, slightly sympathetic to the fact that when you wear that shirt, someone somewhere might have something to say to you. But there's another part of me that doesn't want um, our fans to be weak posers who uh-huh. are scared of the public. So Our fans
2: are not weak posers. That's what we're trying to put out there. Exactly. I remember Rotten Cotton had a shirt that on the front it said, there are two people fucking on the back of this shirt. And on the back it says, just kidding, believe in Jesus.
0: <laughs> That's pretty good.
2: Uh but uh friend of the show Caroline Williams the uh the horror starlet uh she said that she would not wear she would not wear a Eric Roberts is the fucking man t-shirt because of the swear word and I offered Liam to uh to send out shirts which had duct tape over the word fucking which I think is pretty punk rock don't you think
0: I think so I mean it's it's certainly DIY
2: Yes because duct tape is is what you use in DIY projects
0: Yeah and you, and you literally did it yourself
2: Yeah, Well, I would be doing it, so the person that I'm sending it to would not have done it themselves, but I see what you're trying to get at. Anyway, you shut up for a second, Liam. Sarah, (laughs) yes. what's your life experience with Eric Roberts?
1: Well, as you know, or maybe you don't know, I don't know.
2: I do know. We were just talking about it before you came on, that you have written about Eric Roberts in the past.
1: I did. I wrote a piece for my overlooked and underseen on the Pope of Greenwich Village. And at the beginning of that, I even I even wrote it out so I could read it to you so you could know that I was on board with him. It, the opening of my piece is, is there anything better than 80s or 1980s Mickey Rourke? Well, yes, there's 1980s Eric Roberts. Between the Pope of Greenwich Village and Bob Flossie's Star 80, it's hard to beat that twofer right there. And then I said, yeah, yeah, but what has he done for me lately? It doesn't matter because his work in these two films is quite enough. Thank you very much.
2: Well, that thankfully... Thankfully, Sarah, you know now that he's done a lot more for you lately as well, especially since you've experienced two Eric Roberts projects for this episode of the show. Two, I'm sure that you have nothing but positive things to say about them.
1: You would be incorrect. Mm,
2: well, I guess That's we'll see the, about that in that just a little bit. It.
1: Not Eric Roberts' fault. Well, I gotta say that. Let's I mean, not... He's in it, but I can't blame him for it.
2: We don't play the blame game here on Eric Roberts is the fucking man. We just tell people whether Eric Roberts is the fucking man or not. That is our goal. That is our mission in life. And the reason for that is, why, Liam?
0: Well, we took this uh, ridiculous blood oath.
2: We made a blood oath to cover the the life and works of actor Eric Roberts. So uh, there's really nothing we can do about it. So if we're going to be watching movies like... <laughs> what we're going to be covering today, then why not keep a smile on your face and a high, uh, a high positive attitude and bring on wonderful people to talk about them like you, Sarah. So before we get into what those projects are, we need to talk about the latest Eric Roberts news on The Roberts Report. It's the Roberts Report for episode number fifty-five of Eric Roberts is the fucking man, and as per usual, we start with a deep dive on the Twitter account of the man himself. You can find Eric Roberts on Twitter at Eric Roberts, all one word. And I'll tell you, Liam, it's been very exciting to be to be part of the Eric Roberts verse over the past couple of weeks. And you know why, Liam? Can you can you can you tell me why?
0: Uh, no, no idea.
2: Well, Liam, I'll tell you why. (laughs) The reason is we've actually been uh, retweeted very consistently over the last few days.
0: Um, Yeah, yeah. did that start with the t-shirt post or was that just uh, generally he's been retweeting? It was
2: in the midst of it. And I'll tell you, it actually is around an unfortunate topic, which we'll get to in just a moment. But before we do that, I want to mention that we did put into the world, as I already mentioned, the fact that we have these new t-shirts with our logo on the front of them. And in the process, I made a very smart decision, Liam, and and I'm sure the audience will agree with me, that I tagged Eric Roberts in this post about the t-shirts. And it had an image of the t-shirt on it. And Eric Roberts decided to reply to it. He retweeted and sent out to the world a reply that says, where do I get one question mark exclamation point, which frankly made my week possibly my year. It was a very exciting moment for me. And I know, Liam, I, I was so excited that I immediately sent it over to you via private message, which you then proceeded to ignore for a good 12 hours.
0: Yeah, it wasn't like the highlight of my day or anything. Um, it was cool, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm completely you, kidding. I you didn't son of a bitch. I didn't, I didn't ignore it. I uh, i know, I know. I, uh, I did eventually share it with the world. I, I mean, I ignored you. But eventually I shared it with the world who are the important people I care about, not you.
2: Exactly. And there was some good uh, feedback in response to that as well. Look, it's exciting because it brings us one step closer to our white whale, to the man himself. The fact is we we are moving towards him. We always feel ever closer to him uh, with both the show and the content, but also this Twitter social media thing. It's like a game we're playing, Liam. And I'll tell you what. Because he wrote that, I sent a private message to Eric Roberts, asking if he would like one of the shirts and where I could send it to. Uh, I, that Me saying where I could send it to, that's a very Newfoundland way to put that. Uh, but, uh, but yes, I'm going to send him one of these shirts or a collection of these shirts, if he so desires. In my, in my darkest dreams, Liam, I can only picture in my brain, Eric Roberts wearing an Eric Roberts is the fucking man shirt. That would be the coolest thing ever. It's very meta. It's very meta. It's a little too meta, really. Honestly, it could break the internet. But what would you do if you saw Eric Roberts wearing an Eric Roberts is the fucking man shirt, Sarah? What would you do?
1: Um, in person or on Twitter? Well, it would probably be.
2: Let's start with on Twitter.
1: <laughs> I would retweet that and ask him where I could get a shirt and see this what he it. would say.
2: This is it. It's a good marketing tool, but also it's a good celebration of the whole concept of the show. Now, Sarah, what if he was to show up in person at your door?
1: That would be amazing, first of mm. all. Um in the shirt, then I would ask him if I could have the shirt.
2: Oh. And then he would then he would end up shirtless like uh some of the uh Some of the cast members of one of the movies we're going to be talking about today.
1: (laughs) Is that a bad thing?
2: Not at all. Eric Roberts is a a man who keeps himself in shape. It would be nice to see him both in the Eric Roberts is the fucking man shirt and out of it, I'm sure.
1: Exactly. I would take a picture.
2: Sarah, have you ever seen a movie called Stalked by My Doctor?
1: (laughs) I feel like I've lived that, but no, I have not seen it.
2: There's, this is a movie, a series of movies Made for the Lifetime Network Starring Eric Roberts And we have covered both Stocked by My Doctor 1 Which is really, I think, a new cult classic And Stocked by My Doctor 2 Which wasn't quite as good I think we can all agree on that, can't we Liam?
0: Yeah, it's not bad But it's certainly not as good
2: Not as good But the fans of Stocked by My Doctor Have been clamoring for a third entry I know I have Though I think I think in our second episode We were like, maybe they shouldn't make a third one <laughs> But anyway, they're going to do it anyway. And I know this because on July 29th, someone asked Eric Roberts, will it be the third of Dr. Beck? <laughs> I don't know why they put it this way. I'm not uh, sure that the English is this person's first language. I am waiting impatiently. Love you. Heart emoji. And Eric Roberts says, going into production in a couple of weeks. Stocked by my Dr. 3. Liam, are you very excited about this?
0: I'm really hoping that they can get the the... The hamminess of one and really, like, nail it.
2: Yeah. Are you eating while you're recording the podcast, Liam?
0: No, not at all.
2: All right. It sounded like something was in your mouth just then, I have to say.
0: It was probably my love for you.
2: Okay, well, that's fine. Now, we talk about the Eric Roberts uh, social media here on Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Of course, his Twitter account, at Eric Roberts. He's also on Facebook, folks. You can find Eric Roberts. You can add him just when you're uh, doing your search for Eric Roberts is the fucking man on Facebook as well. But we never mentioned the fact that he also has an Instagram account. Yes, you can follow Eric Roberts on Instagram at... Instagram.com slash Eric Roberts actor I ain't gonna lie to you Most of the stuff that's on it right now isn't very interesting to me Because I want Eric Roberts content And a lot of it just doesn't uh, fill that void But I still think we should all be following him Because you know why, Liam? Because he's Eric Roberts
0: Yeah, he's literally uh, the most important person in the world
2: Yeah, well, certainly the most important person in my life Since I've somehow created a podcast devoted entirely to him
0: Yeah, that's fair
2: And then I made a blood oath, Liam
0: it was a little bit of a poor decision.
2: Yeah, well, you know what? I got to live with it because blood oaths cannot be broken. Isn't that the the famous mantra that we hear again and again?
0: Is that a famous mantra as you said? A mantra?
2: Is that how you <laughs> say it, Mr. Fancy Bands? Oh, uh, I'm very fancy. Liam, we have some sad news in the Eric Roberts versus week. Okay. Uh, the- you <laughs> you already know what it is But it's the passing of Mr. Sam Shepard A wonderful playwright and actor Who appeared with Eric Roberts in the movies Purgatory and Raggedy Man Both of which have been featured on the Eric Roberts Is the Fucking Man podcast uh, Obviously this is a, an incredibly uh, Talented man and a huge loss uh, But uh, we have uh, Now Liam I don't believe you were actually there For the Raggedy Man episode Is that correct? I was not well, uh, you should check that movie out. It's actually uh, a highlight, I think, of uh, the early Eric Roberts career, and Sam Shepard is uh, is wonderful in it. But we did send out on social media our links to those recent episodes if you want to check us out at ERITFM, and Eric was good enough to send them out into his social media world as well, Liam. So a lot of people checking out the Sam Shepard-Eric Roberts collabos.
0: Mm. And mm. I think
2: that I, I
0: I haven't seen Purgatory, but having seen Raggedy Man, I'm glad that people are uh listening to what you have to say about it why well i think it's a movie it's it's not my favorite of eric roberts movies but it's a movie that i don't hear a lot of people talk about and i think it's pretty
2: good fair enough liam a creature stalks the trailer for lore (laughs) is that one of the weirdest headlines you've
0: seen in a while it's a
2: really awful headline (laughs) yeah from Christian Larson and Brock Manuel comes Lore, a tale of a missing son and a journey into the wilderness where three people on a mission are stalked by a terrifying creature. Uh, so this film will star Lindsay Lance, Max Lesser, Sean Way Ma, Victor Gage, Jake Carpenter, and the only name that you probably would recognize, Eric Roberts. This horror thriller centers on a woman searching for a missing son in a remote wilderness with the help of her estranged husband and a Native American friend. Keep your eyes out for Lore. In the near future, <laughs> uh, it actually sounds like it could be a, a bit of fun. What do you think, Liam? I mean,
0: yes, uh, this promotional art doesn't encourage me, but I'm
2: still interested in it. Sarah, you are a fan of Sasquatch.
1: <laughs> yes.
2: Now, we're going to be talking about uh, the, the mythical uh, Bigfoot a little bit later, but can you tell us before we get there,
1: what's your favorite Sasquatch movie? Um, that would be... Oh, gosh, now I can't remember of it. I think it's Night of the Creature, where the guy mm. gets his uh, dick ripped off.
2: No, 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 Sarah. I believe the answer to that question is Bigfoot versus D.B.
1: Cooper. No, that is not the correct answer.
2: Oh, all right.
1: Everyone's favorite movie, except oh. for maybe the director's.
2: <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> but we'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, do you have any other recommendations in the Bigfoot genre, Sarah?
1: Um, I would watch... Boggy Creek, The Legend of Boggy mm-hmm. Creek, I would Absolutely. watch. Um, I, man, you've quizzed me now, and I can't think of anything. Whatever the Bob Goldthwaite movie was that just came out recently, that was a good one.
2: Do you remember what that was called, Liam?
0: <laughs> um, Something Creek, right? Yes, Willow
2: Creek, I believe. Yes,
1: mm-hmm. thank you. I can't
2: believe Not I forgot. Not bad. Old Doug coming to the rescue on the Bigfoot front. Liam, Thanks. what is your favorite Bigfoot movie? That's a
0: good question. I might actually also say Boggy Creek. Um, trying to think if I've ever seen a Bigfoot movie that's actually scary. I kind of si- like. Uh,
2: sorry, sorry, Liam. Are you re- Are you talking with something in your mouth right now? No, of course not. Um, <laughs> I swear to God, that's what it sounds like to me.
0: I really enjoy Night of the Demon.
1: hmm That's the one I meant, Night of the Demon. I apologize. I said the wrong name. Sorry. There's but no I don't know. I
0: don't know that there's. I've ever seen a Bigfoot movie that I thought was like exceptional. Like, well, there's some I kind of enjoy, but I, I'd love to see one that I would... I mean, of course, other than the classic Harry and the Hendersons.
2: Harry and the Hendersons, of course. Uh, now, I do want to give a uh, brief shout-out to a No Budget Nightmares classic, the Suburban Sasquatch by Dave Wascovich, uh, which uh, everyone, I think, should check out. I think that would top both of your lists if you eventually watch Suburban Sasquatch. Please check it out. Now, we're recording this episode on August 2nd, 2017, so this evening is the premiere of the comedy series Swedish Dicks on the Pop Network, which is apparently some sort of television network that exists. We've talked about it uh, before uh, a number of times. It uh, stars uh, Peter Stormare uh, and uh, Johan Glanz, I guess, is his partner in this. But it also has a reoccurring guest star role for Keanu Reeves, playing a very John Wickian Character, um, and it actually looks like a really Funny series from the trailer that we discussed before uh, It has some interesting guest stars as well Including Tracy Lords, Margaret Cho Anthony LePaglia, and Eric Roberts from The Dark Knight and Suits So I'll keep your <laughs> eyes and ears out For Swedish Dicks, Liam Which we will watch at some point, why is that? Um, something about Blood or something Recently added to the ever-expanding Eric Roberts IMDB page is 2018's Rusty Tulloch <laughs> What the fuck? Directed by Errol Sack, a prolific actor and writer whose inspirational quote on his internet movie database page is, don't wait for the boat to come to you, swim out to it. What do you think about that, Liam?
0: Um, I'm not sure I understand, but I appreciate it.
2: Sarah, can you parse this for us? What does this mean? Don't wait for the boat to come to you, swim out to it.
1: That means, I guess, don't wait for an opportunity to come to you. You need to go make it for yourself.
2: That's right. And you know what? The way that you said that just then, Sarah, seems a lot more sensible than this mishmash of metaphor boats and swimming and whatnot. Look, if this opportunity knocks, that's great, but sometimes it doesn't come knocking. Sometimes you gotta reach out and grab it. Just like how um Steve Miller used to sing in his song Abracadabra, you gotta reach out and grab ya. All right. So this movie is about Rusty, a broke trucker facing eviction Agrees to help his sexy neighbor track down her husband's murderer But he must overcome the ghosts of his past if he's going to do the job I wonder if those are literal ghosts I don't know Anyway, this movie features Eric Roberts as Mr. G As well as Richard Tyson from Kindergarten Cop as Buddy Also features some other people who I don't recognize the name of But one of the characters named is Double D So keep your eyes out (laughs) <laughs> for Rusty Tulloch Which is just a terrible title, don't you think, Liam? I don't... Yeah That's...
0: It's, it's confusing to figure out how to say
2: What do you think a Rusty Tulloch is? Do you think this is something I should look on Urban Dictionary to discover?
0: I mean, it seems like this sort of thing you'd have to pay extra
2: for It's ah, <laughs> very good, Liam So, Liam... Move aside for a second. I need to talk to Sarah about what we're covering on this episode of Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Now, Sarah did not, I got to put this right up front. Sarah did not choose the projects.
1: I did not.
2: No, she did not. (laughs) Uh, We are going to be watching a television project and a movie. So Sarah, without giving away your feelings about either of these things, what did we watch? Uh,
1: We watched an episode of Hawaii Five-0. With Eric Roberts, mm-hmm. barely, and then we watched a, a movie with Eric Roberts, barely. Yes, and what was that movie called? Um Was it, I don't know, Bigfoot versus D.B. Cooper? Bigfoot? I don't know, either way.
2: You you are correct. You got it. You nailed it the first time. Bigfoot versus <laughs> D B Cooper from the year two thousand fourteen, oh, directed okay. by David Takoto, uh, and Eric Roberts is the fucking man favorite. I think this might be our fifth David Takoto feature. Oh my feature. huh. we'll talk all about that. Uh, hey, okay. we're fans here on the show, or more accurately, he's worked with Eric, Eric Roberts a lot.
1: Okay, uh, that's that's better.
2: Uh, Though worked with is is an interesting uh, turn of phrase in regards to how they how their relationship is, as we'll get to in just okay. a, a little bit. I
1: have I have questions.
2: Do you have questions that should be asked now, or questions that should be asked? No, I
1: have we... a question about have they actually met in person? But you. Oh,
2: they have. Uh, that, that, we know that we know for a fact because David Takoto had to go to Eric Roberts' house so he could record his a Talking cat lines in his own bathroom.
1: Oh, okay. Well, that. Says a lot,
2: doesn't it? Say a lot. Also, Eric Roberts is in some of those movies in person. So, uh, oh. and and of course, Tom Berenger appears in in one of those features as well. What? Really star-studded cast. Well, of course, Bigfoot versus DB Cooper not only features Eric Roberts in the starring role above the credits, uh, but he also it also features a scream queen legend, Linnea Quigley, in the cast.
1: Yeah, but come mm-hmm. on! No, 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 no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Not to gaslight you, Sarah, but we can't talk about it yet. We need to take a break. Okay. And I know, I know. Look, I know you're itching to talk about your favorite Bigfoot movie. I am
1: literally itching from watching <laughs> DB Cooper versus Bigfoot or Bigfoot versus DB Cooper. I'll get it right.
2: Doesn't really matter. Let's take our first break. <laughs> when we return, you're going to have to hold off for our main event. First, we're going to have to talk about a Hawaii 5.0 episode, Liam. What's this episode called? <laughs> oh,
0: thanks Doug uh, Hawaii Mo'uahane
2: Well, you just offended all of our Hawaiian listeners On this episode of Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man when I'm we sure return, that one guy will forgive me <laughs> When we return, season 5, episode 10 Of the uh, rebooted Hawaii 5 Join us after this H.P.D. officer turned private detective 5-0 tries to solve the homicide Of a woman who was working for a hula dancing company That is actually a front For an escort service Yeah, that's the plot of a Hawaii 5-0 episode From the year 2015 Season 5, episode 10 uh, It's called Wa- Wawai Moe Uahane Which I'm sure I massacred Originally airing on January 2nd, 2015 This is actually my first experience With Hawaii 5 uh, in fact, I don't even believe I've watched a full episode of the classic Hawaii Five-O series. So I'm, I, I was coming out of this very, very fresh. Now, um, for those who haven't seen the uh, show before, it's very much, in terms of the, the new version of it, it's very much a uh, police procedural in the, in the style of, well, just about every other one you can think of, from JAG to CSI to Law and Order to some extent, at least the first half of a Law & Order episode. Except it all takes place in Hawaii And it actually has a very interesting cast Which we'll talk about in just a moment I also want to bring up, by the way, that this episode was directed by Sylvain White, who was the director of Stomp the Yard And uh, and The Losers, which is actually a movie I actually quite enjoy But first, I want to get a sense of how uh, Both of you enjoyed this episode Now, Sarah, I'm going to start with you You actually have some familiarity with this show What do you think of it as a whole And what did you think of this episode?
1: It's it's like your grandma's show. I mean, sometimes we just keep on CBS just because it's one of the channels that come in for us. I know that mm-hmm. sounds awful. And so that's how I see a lot of these CBS shows. And so it's not the worst show I've ever seen. This episode um, is different from other episodes because... William Forsythe is in it, and it, like I said, it seemed like a, a a backdoor pilot for him to do a show Didn't because it? yes, because they filmed it weird with a voiceover. It seemed like it was very film noir, and that is not this episode. It's usually about the Steve McGarrett guy and his awful accent, whatever that is, <laughs> and you know, going around solving crimes in the beautiful islands of Hawaii. So this one was very not typical of of other Hawaii Five O episodes.
2: Now, with that in mind, did is it better or worse than the episodes that you've seen?
1: Uh, I like this one better because I really like William Forsythe, mm-hmm. and I would watch, uh, if he did a show with him just being a a private dick, I would totally watch that. I
2: could tell while watching it that this episode was a cut above an average episode of Hawaii 5-0, simply because, well, not just because Eric Roberts is in it, but you're right. William, Forth- William Forsythe not only is in this episode, but he's like... He's like a starring portion. Yeah, of it. he's great. By the way, he's really, really good. And you're right; it does kind of feel like they were trying to launch his own series. I didn't even hear of any, any even indication that that was a potentially possible. But I do know that this character that he plays in this show does come back in, I think, the most recent season. Uh, so perhaps there's more to this story than meets uh-huh. the eye.
1: Uh-huh.
2: yeah. So, so I mean. I, of course, I will never watch that episode because Eric Roberts is not in it. But uh, but for those who are fans of the show, hey, why don't you drop us a line? Let us know what happens to William Forsyth's character, who, by the way, comes in, is introduced in this episode, is immediately more interesting than every other character on this show. Yep. Just my opinion. Liam, what did you think of Hawaii 5 And did you have any uh, uh, experience with it previously?
0: Oh, I mean, I watched... Uh... Intermittently, the original series in syndication. Um, it was just one of those things that would come on uh, UHF when I was a kid, so I would watch it. And I remember just some ridiculous episodes that I, even as a young kid, was like, I don't understand this show's crazy. Um, I knew there was a new version, but I no longer have tv so if i'm gonna watch a tv show i have to search it out on the internets right. so this one's never quite made the cut in that sense uh now that i've watched it i don't think it's for me um i i, I can sometimes find this sort of uh mindless procedural kind of addictive because they go down so easy and you could just keep watching it sure. but uh these particular cops, like so and then all the all the cops on these procedurals come in different flavors, and these flavors are the like um hard nosed, we don't give a shit cops, but we're also kind of smart. And uh, that's not really. I'm more into like the tortured genius cop who should really probably be like secretly a scientist, but is just for some reason a cop, probably because of alcoholism. That's a little <laughs> bit more up my alley than these these two bros. Yeah, very specific
2: who, alley you're talking about there, Liam.
0: <laughs> I just I, I just feel like a show like the the way that these guys handle their cases like. You know, oh, we have ash shred of evidence, so this guy's guilty. So let's go in with our guns out. Oh, it turns out he's not guilty. Well, I knew that. You know what I mean? Like we're just supposed to roll with the fact that they like they're always really sure they're right enough to like maybe make some poor decisions. But then when they're wrong, it's just okay. Now we're wrong. It's fine. And I, I just that that like got on my nerves a little bit. I was that's just not my sort of thing. All that being said. Uh, I could see more William Forsyth and things like it, it was a yeah. reminder of like uh, even though his character was for me particularly heinous um, <laughs> I was like I could see more of him being heinous he was so heinous the show was doing everything it could to make me know that he's like an interesting character who I should care about. And the whole time I'm like, God, I hope it was fucking him. Like, I really hope he killed her. <laughs> I that's did suspect right from the beginning out that he I... was
2: involved in some way with this murder, but no, he ends up being someone we're supposed to really love, despite the fact that he uh, steps on people's human rights on a regular basis.
0: Yeah. He's an abusive dickhole, but he is also, <laughs> as he said, more, I mean, the only other character who seemed like they might be fun to know about was, uh, the Jorge Garcia, you know, <laughs> character who's like in two minutes at the beginning and two minutes at the end, and I was like, "Yo, what's going on in that guy's life? Let's
2: let's keep these costumes on. I don't want to know what's going on with that dude." Now that uh, touches on uh, an interesting thing about Hawaii Five O, this the rebooted version, is that the cast of it are sort of cherry picked from other popular TV shows. So there's a lot of recognizable names. You have Daniel Day Kim. Uh, from Lost And, and uh, Masioka from Heroes You have Grace Park from Battlestar Galactica You have Jorge Garcia also from Lost So there's a lot of faces that I was very familiar with From other shows um, Though we'll talk about the the issue with Daniel A. Kim And Grace Park in just a few minutes But uh, the stars of the show Or at least the ostensible, uh, ostensibly the star Is Alex O'Loughlin as Steve McGarrett The Jack Lord role From the original Hawaii Five-0 But in this episode he doesn't really do anything And he doesn't really bring much charisma to his role. Scott Kahn, who plays the Danny Williams character, he's actually a lot more interesting, though I couldn't stop focusing on the fact that he appeared to be like five foot two. He and is. I, he's, he's a very, very short man.
1: He is. And also the, uh, I don't even know what his name is, the uh, the Alex O'Loughlin guy, Steve McGarrett, is boring all the time. He's <laughs> not, he has zero uh, charisma. I Yeah, he's not good.
2: Well the original Steve McGarrett was of course played by Jack Lord who has passed away uh, since that series aired But the only other thing I knew about this Hawaii Five-O new series is that a couple of seasons ago There was a scene that took place in a church and I believe Scott Kahn was the other character in it And he interacted with Jack Lord And you might be wondering well how did they allow that to happen since Jack Lord has passed away several years ago well, they made it happen using the wonders of computer-generated imagery. So they, they did. They had a puppet fake CG, Jack Lord, in an episode in a dark church. And let me tell you, folks, it is the creepiest, weirdest Mind-boggling thing you could ever see It looks so crazy that they ever tried to do it To the point where it's strange Because I I hadn't really heard about it Until a couple of weeks ago And this happened years ago So I guess they didn't play it up Like it was a big deal But my god, please search out the clip It's on YouTube I'll actually put it in the show notes Because it is so darn crazy Uh, Uh, But I Yes, please
1: I I feel like I've seen that But maybe thought it was a fever dream So I don't know I'm going to have to go back and revisit
2: Fever nightmare, perhaps. Uh, li- <laughs> Liam, did you have any? Uh, do, you, do you have any uh, familiarity with some of these cast members? Uh, any, any one of them outside of Jorge Garcia that that you uh, most appreciated?
0: As far as familiarity, no. I hate all those shows, and so um, <laughs> you can't I hate of...
2: Heroes, Liam, because we're going to have to watch. I think almost an entire season of it.
0: Yeah, that's going to be torture for me. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't like any of those shows, but weirdly, I recognize their faces. As people who were on those shows, because those shows are so ubiquitous, or at least they were when they were on, that I kind of recognize the people who were on them. Um, As far as performances, nobody was, I mean, yes, Alex O'Loughlin, I guess you say his name? Uh Uh-huh. He's particularly boring. Like, he was a poor choice for the series, and he doesn't bring anything. I mean, he can, he's got a good gravelly voice, I guess. You know, you know, Liam, he's Australian. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I guess Scott Kahn, uh, I the, the thing about Scott Kahn is I've seen him in a few things where he was more of a, um, I guess I want to say a, a, an asshole. Yes. And so I kept expecting his character on this to be that, and that wasn't what he was doing at all. So that was a little off-putting, but I don't think his performance is bad, per se. I think his haircut needs to be rethought. Um <laughs> He but is,
1: he is an asshole in the show. You just didn't really see it.
0: It didn't episode. come out. Okay.
1: He's kind really?
2: of in, in this episode he was talking about how he has a kid and you know he, he he separates his work life from his home life. He just lets it all go when he gets home. He doesn't think about all the garbage and bodies that he has to see on his regular day job.
1: Scott Conn <laughs> seems to act the same in every single movie. It's just it's just Scott Conn. That's a good point, Liam. Fair. You're not a fan of Battlestar Galactica.
0: Oh, you're right. That that would be the one exception, but um uh Heroes and Lost are 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 anathema to me. Fair
2: uh, fair enough. Lady. But I
0: like Battlestar. I, Battlestar is one of those shows that when it ended, I kind of wanted some more, yeah.
2: Okay, well fair enough. Uh back over to you, Sarah. Now, yes, Sarah, have you heard about the recent controversy regarding the cast of Hawaii 50?
1: I did. I saw that uh, Daniel Day Kim and—yeah, that's his name. And who was the other girl? Is it Grace? Grace Park. Yes, decided to leave the show, as they should, because they're not going to be paid the same as the white actors.
2: Yes, they were not getting paid— as much as the white actors on the show, it does seem from this single episode of the show that I saw that they are in it as much as the other cast members. I mean, it, it really is a show, it is really an ensemble, and they all seem to be spread across it. I mean, outside of a character that is more comedic, like Jorge Garcia, or one that, you know, you kind of just see for a couple minutes per episode, like the Masioka character, Max Bergman. But, I mean, they are detectives, so you see them, you know, consistently
1: throughout the episode. Well, they all have their... I mean, I haven't seen that much of this season, but they all have their own separate storylines about, you know, things that are going on. So it's not like they are not the stars of that show. It's not the Scott Conn O'Laughlin show. Right. They're all equal. So, yeah, I'm glad that they walked. Good for them.
2: And over to you, Liam. What did you think of this story? Had you heard of that before?
0: Um, Uh, You know what I had heard of... um, Uh, some actors leaving because of the uh, economics, but I didn't know it was the show particularly. And it seems weird on this show because um, there is such a strong uh, variety of Asian communities in Hawaii that actually having Asian folks on the show is one of the few things that gives it a little bit of legitimacy. Like, other than them occasionally mentioning surfing and finding the body specifically in the water, there actually isn't that much Hawaii on the show,
2: which kind of the, the central. I, I hate to mention, Liam, that the central plot in this involves finding a hula dancer, a murderer. <laughs> yeah, but
0: even the, hula, even the hula dance thing is like, you know, it could have been a stripper or it could have been, right. you know what I mean? Like, in other words, um, at least for the episode that we watched, um, you know, having a cast that is not just all white dudes actually makes you feel like you might be in Hawaii. You know what I mean? So besides the fact of justice and morality, it's also that you need these people for your show to make any sense. Um, And and then you add on to it that, you know, how could you justify paying either of these two actors less than Alex O'Laughlin? I feel like Alex should be paying to be on the show. (laughs)
2: You know, it's especially egregious because Grace Park was such a huge part of Battlestar, right? I mean, she was basically one of the main stars by the later seasons, and Daniel Day Kim was a huge part of Lost as well. So it's not like these are are no-name actors who were brought on. They were brought on because they were recognizable faces already. I certainly think of them as bigger stars than I think of Scott Kahn, who literally, I can't remember another thing I've seen him in offhand. I just know that he exists out in the world. So very odd to me. A very strange decision on the part of, uh, of the producers of the show. And uh, again, I... I hope that they honestly. I hope the show goes down the tubes and gets canceled, to show them the error of their ways. I'm just that vindictive, Sarah. I want to toss it back to you for a second. Now this episode ends uh, with the discovery of the murderer. Doesn't matter who it is, uh, but we can we can expand upon that if we want to. But it also ends with a truly terrible. Counting Crows song playing on the soundtrack, uh, played over a very sad doctor who's thinking about her friend who passed away. Uh, So tell me your thoughts, Sarah, on the Counting Crows.
1: I I have a. They have one really good song that I like, and only one song. Sing us a little bit of that song. I will absolutely not sing a song Mm. for you. I have not had enough beers, but it's called A Long December. That song I really like, because I happen to be going through something that I won't go into now. Mm -hmm. When that song came out, and it fit, and it was in December, and it fit perfectly with You know, I grew up in Los Angeles, and so that song is very Los Angeles. And although it's about Courtney Cox, I don't care because I don't like her. (laughs) But still, the song meant something to me, and so, yeah. But other than that, they are not my favorite band.
2: Not to overwhelm you with emotion, Sarah. No,
1: that does, but that's despite it, you know, being Counting Crows. Uh,
2: Understood entirely. So, Liam, allow me to sing a little bit of this song. (laughs) <laughs> A long December, and there's reason to believe. Now, Liam, should I continue singing the song? No. Okay, so what do you think of County Crows, Liam? Um, they're one of those bands that... Uh corny lords like
0: to say the first record is good there's a whole list of like truly embarrassing bands that some
2: the goo-goo wants... dolls you're trying to talk about is that correct? no
0: i will actually say the exceptions to this rule <laughs> are the goo-goo dolls because the first goo-goo dolls record really is good and uh soul asylum um but that's because i don't think soul asylum is actually embarrassing because you like know that
2: what it, isn't that worse though isn't it worse if they released like a good album and then their other albums turned to shit.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's there is something to that where you could like with with the Goo Goo Doll specifically, it's not even just their first record. It's the first couple records um, are so good that then when people bring it up, you're like, yeah, but that's worse that they got so bad. But with Counting Crows, the reason I bring it up is someone always wants to be like, well, with Counting Crows, that you know they do the same thing with f- fucking Third Eye Blind or, or other <laughs> other bullshit bands, and they're like, oh, that first record though, and I'm like, no, fuck you, don't demo me on this shit counting crows is bad they were bad from day one and they're bad now
2: you know liam my wife is from buffalo new york and so are the goo goo dolls and in buffalo they refer to the goo goo dolls as the hometown goos
0: that's awkward
2: (laughs) isn't that awful isn't that awful even hearing me say that yes yeah you know liam we haven't really talked much about eric roberts in regards to this hawaii 50 episode
0: yeah yeah we haven't why is that liam he is in it for a brief period of time. And I wouldn't say an unusually brief period of time because we've watched some movies where he barely shows up. But uh, we might
2: talk about that one of those in just a second.
0: Yeah. But uh for this episode it seems it seemed a little weird. It seemed a little for the role he was playing, it seemed weird to get Eric Roberts. You know yeah. what I mean?
2: Yeah, it reminded me a little of the episode of Glee that we watched, which uh, featured Shirley MacLaine and also Eric Roberts in an incredibly brief appearance, but also one that almost was uncredited. I mean, it was there was such a, a small role, it made you feel like in that case something was was cut out of it. In this case, you feel like you got the entire part, but it really is you know like a red herring supporting part that only shows up for a couple minutes. He does, thankfully have a scene with William Forsythe, which actually was very exciting for me to see. But uh, tell us a little bit more about his character, Sarah. Uh,
1: Eric Roberts' character?
2: Eric Roberts' character.
1: Uh, Well, he didn't really have one, other than I guess he was a rich white guy who was friends with another white guy who did something. But I just couldn't figure out why he was in it. I kept waiting and waiting for him to come on. And then when he did, and I thought, well, that's it? So then I thought, well, maybe... It was part of that backdoor um, uh, pilot. pilot. Thank you. The, yes, and so maybe he was supposed to have a bigger part in that. And so I, I don't know, but he just was—he uh, was in it for like five minutes, and that was yeah. it.
2: It, it really it, it really is a strange appearance So just to elaborate a little bit So Eric Roberts plays a character named Richard Sheridan Who about three quarters of the way through the movie William Forsyth stops to talk to him Because he apparently had seen his boat This is Eric Roberts' boat uh, Out in the water at like 2am uh, The night that a murder occurred We find out, even though <laughs> We find out sort of off screen that Eric Roberts I guess spills his guts About him helping a friend of his basically dispose of a body uh, off of off using this boat. I mean, again, it's ridiculous. You really think watching it that the person who ends up being accused of the murder or someone who actually did the murder doesn't... That role should have been Eric Roberts, not this one. But right. uh, maybe it's just one of those things. You know, one of the, the troubling aspects of line Order in like the last 10 seasons of that show is that the guest star, the, the recognizable celebrity actor was always involved in the final scene in some way. You could almost guess who the murderer was going to be just by the most famous face. And maybe that was what they were trying to avoid here by having Eric Roberts basically just play a supporting role in this episode. Uh, Liam, were you disappointed with the amount of Eric Roberts here?
0: Well, I mean, it, it felt like the only reason he was on this show was because him and William Forsyth were on vacation together in Hawaii, <laughs> and then they just got called it was he it really felt like he was just a guess of of Forsyth. you know, it was like, all right, I'll do this, but uh, you might have my friend Eric Roberts has like a, a role somewhere and they're like, yeah, we'll write him in. It's fine. um it you know, it's great. He got tackled. that was cool. like that's definitely something worth, you know, whatever. but for the most part, at, since our focus is not hawaii 5 podcast but uh an eric roberts podcast ah, yeah it was a downer it was kind of like i can't believe i've been watching this whole thing just for this little bit
1: exactly well,
2: yeah i think that's a fair enough response but that does bring us to the topic of this show which is despite his small appearance in this hawaii 5 episode starting with you liam is eric roberts the fucking man in it
0: I mean, I'm inclined to say no, because he doesn't get to do that much, and what he does do is is pretty light. Right. However, like I said, I suspect he uh, he uh, rigged the system and got a free uh, Hawaiian vacation out of it. So uh, I don't know. Do we think we, they actually film this in Hawaii or not?
2: Yeah, they do. They, they Yeah, they have to film it in Hawaii. They do? Then,
0: then then, I'm going to say he's the man because uh, he put in a minimal amount of work and got to go to Hawaii. Ain't nothing wrong with that.
2: I'll tell you, that's a pretty man move. Over to you, Sarah. Is Eric Roberts the fucking man here?
1: Um, For all the reasons that Liam said, I will say yes. And for also being tackled by William Forsythe, that, that was awesome. That was worth it. I,
2: I will say that the <laughs> Eric Roberts stuntman in this episode is also the fucking man. <laughs> 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 for for taking that tackle like a champ um, I'm going to think about it just for a moment This is my thinking about it sound And I'm going to confirm that Eric Roberts Is the fucking man in this episode of Hawaii Five-O He's just playing his regular sleazy gentleman character uh, Who's involved in the crime in some sort of major way But we do get a scene between him and William Forsythe Which makes me yearn for a spin-off series involving William Forsythe accidentally running into Eric Roberts in various tropical Locales and finding out that he is Involved in some sort of horrific crime And then he beats up a suspect that we Later find out is innocent and then we can Start to have really negative feelings towards William Forsyth for being such an old School rugged cop who also likes To bend the rules just a little too far Why Five-O Check it out or don't I don't care probably don't Check it out now that they dump two of their cast members because Of racism uh, but we got to take a break because it's time for our main event. Everyone agrees this was just kind of spinning our wheels. We have to watch that episode of a Y Five O. But now we need to talk about a new classic. We need to talk about Bigfoot. We need to talk about D B Cooper. We need to talk about them fighting each other as Bigfoot versus D B Cooper, directed by David Takoto. We're gonna get on that right after this. I think we spotted him. They call me Sasquatch. Please check the watch. This is Bigfoot. Don't get it shook. Out in J-Pan, they call me Godzilla. Godzilla Up in Africa, King Kong, Gorilla Michael Joe Jackson, used to call me Thriller All my
0: enemies, swear I'm Attila Vietnam Fed, burn down your villa Captain Crunch screams Serial killer Out in Old Town, I'm a fucking pirate Think I'm Rodney King? We can start a riot
2: to a fat bitch I'm a fucking dyin' You are solitary. I'm peace and quiet. When several young hunters arrive at a secluded lodge In the Pacific Northwest Little do they know that they will become the hunted <laughs> It's Bigfoot vs. D.B. Cooper From the year 2014 Directed by uh, fan favorite David Takoto Also the director of A Talking Cat Bonnie and Clyde Justified A Halloween Dog, Wolves of Wall Street And Doc Holliday's Revenge All of which have been featured on the Eric Roberts is the fucking man podcast. Now, for those who have listened to some of our other episodes, uh, we're not going to tread over a lot of the same territory. Needless to say, David Dakota started his career making fairly standard schlocky horror movies um, like Sorority Babes in the Slime Ball, Bolarama, and things like that. Nightmare Sisters is another one, if you're a fan of kind of cult horror movies, which usually involved scream queens of that time period, like Brink Stevens and Lynne Quigley, who was in this movie, and we'll get to that in just a second. But then he later moved on to kind of a unique niche in the horror world, which was uh, gay-themed horror. Uh, gay-themed horror specifically uh, targeted towards males. And there isn't a lot of horror like that out there. Now those movies are usually very clearly marked as being that Because I guess they don't want people who are not interested in that sort of thing To to kind of wander onto it and not necessarily be interested in the content of those movies I will say that here with Bigfoot vs. D.B. Cooper One could easily come into it thinking This is going to be a horror movie involving the uh, Sasquatch The mythical Sasquatch character Having a battle with the uh, infamous... Uh, criminal D.B. Cooper Who for those who don't know Back in 1971 D.B. Cooper Basically hijacked a plane uh, Stole a bunch of money Or was given money as a as a ransom And then he jumped out of a plane With a, um, a parachute on And was never heard from again So these kind of two uh, Parts of a American culture Coming together into a big fight But that's not really what you get In Bigfoot versus D.B. Cooper So I'm going to start with you Liam What did you think of this movie?
0: Pure torture. (laughs) No, I, uh, this film feels like uh, a form of soft core pornography in that um, it's not just, you know, when you watch a horror movie uh, that's sort of created for the heterosexual male gaze, there might be all kinds of, unnecessary nude women, but usually they're worked into the plot if even for the most ridiculous purposes. This film throws away the idea that the narrative needs to make sense or have any sort of forward momentum and rather um, scenarios are created purely for the purpose of ogling these young men who already don't own shirts for the most part and are just walking around, like posing in awkward positions. But um, there are key moments in the film where they have to change or get ready or whatever that are clearly done in such a way that like, there's no reason for them each to ascend the stairs individually and take a good, like six minutes posing in front of a mirror. Um, It feels like a film that is a, that is addressing a specific kink, but then at the end still tries to have like a plot and a finale and like a, like a climax. It's, it's weird. It, it, It almost feels like they should just abandon all of the elements of plot and just show you these guys hanging out. Just, yeah. just make a mondo movie, you know, sort of thing. Like dudes in the forest. They just call it yeah, dudes yeah. in the forest. Like, like the um, old
2: school, uh, like nude beach type movies. Are, yeah, like, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. The the worst part for me, that's not that's not true. One of the most egregious parts for me is clearly the Bigfoot costume is not impressive, <laughs> and so the way that that he does this <laughs> is that he just makes it dark. So like you're in, you already know what the lighting of the room is, but then when they cut to Bigfoot, the room is suddenly, or even the out of doors, is suddenly very dark. Because uh, it's, if he underexposes the image, then you miss, you maybe don't see how dark, how bad the Bigfoot uh, costume is. And for me, this is, particularly disrespectful because one of the Bigfoot theories is that Bigfoots have a natural ability to obscure their image, and that's why you can't get a good picture of them. But that's not really what he's doing here. And if he was, that would actually be interesting.
2: Let me just elaborate a little bit on the plot of Bigfoot versus D.B. Cooper. So the first 10 minutes of this movie includes our lead character, uh, Bernie is his name, uh, a young man. Um, he was just back from Vietnam. He's walking through the woods And he is being watched by uh, a point of view camera, which is supposed to be Bigfoot. And there is literally just 10 minutes of him just walking. Then it cuts to the point of view shot, walking in a different location, point of view shot, back and forth, back and forth for 10 minutes as, you know, very infrequently the opening credits start to go through that. So that's a full 10 minutes. That then leads into him meeting a bunch of guys who are together for some sort of bachelor party thing uh, before one of them... Yeah, they're there for a turkey shoot, that's right But it's also to celebrate that one of their friends is going to get married Um, And then, that's another 20 minutes of them individually going upstairs Posing in front of a mirror with a gun With their shirts off and, and taking their pants off So they're in their underwear The camera will linger on them for a little bit Then they'll put on clothes And then it'll move on to the next one So that's the first half hour of this movie And this movie is only like 75 minutes long interspersed with that is occasionally the story of D.B. Cooper, which is put together basically 90% using stock footage. Uh, the new footage that's shot for it is completely not representative of 1971, the year this is supposed to take place, and all of the new footage, none of that looks anything like 1971. There's not even a, a, a base attempt to make this look like a period piece.
1: Nope.
0: Yeah, none of the dude's outfits or haircuts or anything about the house that they're in.
2: It all is very modern.
1: Even when they show their iPhones in their pockets? Yeah, that's
2: not... <laughs> Even when they show the airplane that D.B. Cooper is going to jump out of, it's obviously a modern airplane. I, the thing I noticed was was the, anti, the non-smoking signs that were in there, which of course wouldn't have existed in 1971. So, yeah. I mean... Not th- only is it stock footage, but
0: large segments of the D.B. Cooper thing is uh singular images it's it's yes. stock photos that like just sort of shift a little bit like a powerpoint presentation
2: the following the scenes of these uh, young men just getting undressed and dressed again then it's more shirtless footage of them just going out hunting while one of them goes and takes a shower um and masturbates in the shower and then he is attacked and killed by bigfoot who apparently likes to like he that I think is part of the kink of this as well, like the Bigfoot watching them while they undress, because that it keeps cutting back to it. And at that point, the movie just goes into a pattern where young men enter the house, get murdered. Another one enters the house, gets murdered. Then at but the they very have
0: to be ogled first, like each yes. of the men has a sexy scene before, uh, with no nud- with no actual dick nudity, but sexiness.
2: Yes, and then eventually, D.B. Cooper lands. We find out that he's friends with Bernie. D.B. Cooper gets attacked by Bigfoot Bigfoot dies in the skirmish However, he bites D.B. Cooper Who then becomes a Sasquatch And then the movie just ends No explanation necessary Sarah, I know you've been biting your tongue on this one Tell me your thoughts on Bigfoot versus D.B. Cooper
1: I don't know, but it's like Smokey is the bandit there I mean, <laughs> who knew that you were going to turn into a, a Sasquatch for being bitten by one what the fuck? I have writ I wrote notes for this and first my first note was this is like a gay porn but without the sex. So yes. it's just boring. First of all, these guys are just they are not my type. And so they were all just levels of gross. But if you're gonna show me a guy masturbating in the shower, I wanna see that. I don't wanna see a hint of it. It was just ugh.
2: The guy masturbating in the shower, by the way, has a big tattoo of a cross with barbed wire <laughs> his back. on his back. Very 1971.
1: <laughs> so it's um, – was there even a script for this? Because I feel like they were just told to walk and run and preen and just make sure you don't wear a shirt.
0: I think there was because the last couple scenes with D.B. Cooper, there's a couple of like – um meant to be snappy lines that someone definitely wrote all the interactions between the sex dudes feel very improv but that last part DB Cooper the guy who plays DB Cooper who is who Terrence Rotolo totally he's right. stoked on his lines like he's <laughs> like we worked on this scene and I'm really going to fucking nail this
1: I also noticed that it seemed like maybe whichever dudes the director liked the most got the most screen time. Because the one short guy who walked really weird, the one that ended up dying in the pool, he didn't get a lot of screen time. It was like, I'll mm-hmm. let you preen in the mirror with that weird rifle and where he didn't even look at himself. I, I didn't even get that. <laughs> he he got the short shrift on that. He only got, you know, like two minutes where some of the other guys, you know, it was like lovingly. Five minutes where I got to exercise with barbells. <laughs> I,
0: I think I think the dudes. I, I mean, I, I think it is true that because we keep saying it's like pornography, but I, I I think it is really is a form of uh, pornography in the sense that uh, it, it's a kind of kink that we like get all this teasing of these dudes, but there's never any actual like dicks or butts. Well, there's the top of the one dude's butt, but for the most part. <laughs> There's no actual like I think that's part supposed to be part of the turn on. And then each of the dudes is kind of a physical type. And the guy that you're describing is the average guy type. Oh, Uh, (laughs) but I feel like with him, he's like intimidated by his shirtless friends. Because he's always the way he's walking that's weird is partly to stick his chest out and suck his gut in. So he looks more in shape than he is. Meanwhile he's 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 the only one with weird nipples. So I think that is like <laughs> part of what the weird thing is there. Um but when he's walking like that, it looks like he's trying to play a disabled person. Mm. And it's super awkward. Like there are a number of things that are awkward here. Like on one hand, everything about this movie isn't entertaining, but I also don't want to like if for someone out there listening to this this movie is actually your turn on like you're watching this like i don't know what you're talking about this is the sexiest thing ever i'm not here to make you feel bad about that i just because this isn't a turn on for me this is one of the most boring experiences of my life but also everything about the way this guy moved and acted and even like the way he held his head it felt like it reminded me of of kind of disability such that i started to question like is his character disabled? I don't know what's going on right now. It was very awkward. So there's just a number of things in the movie that I like don't even know how to comment on because they seemed crazy to me, but I don't want to like make fun in that sense, you know? Um, But it is, I mean, the narrative completely stops. Like it's not, again, horror movies are very transparent, but usually there's a shower scene to justify uh, the unnecessary you know boob reveal or right. there you know two people are in a tent and they're gonna have sex or these dudes oh we better hurry up and go hunting then slow walk up the stairs yeah. slowly staring at yourself in the mirror maybe pump a couple of weights you know and then there's a complete for a movie in which multiple people are murdered by by Bigfoot <laughs> there's no special effects of any kind. Like even no. the one body we see this body at least twice, maybe three times. There's no fake blood on – he's just slumped in a corner. Right. Um, so that's all very strange. There's no special effects until we see D.B. Cooper's bite.
2: I, I wonder as well, Liam, going back to the idea of this being a, a, a specific kink, the fact that these characters – now, in, in a horror movie like the kind that you were referring to before, which has like unnecessary nudity in it – it's sexualized because the characters are usually sexualized in some way right. In the sense that they're horny And they're, they want to, you know, have sex with other people In this movie, there's no indication That any of these guys are interested in any of the other ones The homoeroticism is is right there on the screen, right? You, you can't miss it But none of them are supposed to For the purposes of this plot There's never any suggestion that they're gay In fact, the only character that shows any sort of uh, interest in in anybody Is is about to get married and talks to his girlfriend or his fiance on the phone briefly and then i guess masturbates to the thought of her so i mean is the fact that it's kind of uh ostensibly not uh these characters are not homosexual is that part of the kink
0: i I mean, again, I'm no expert, but that's sure. how it, it that's how it felt to me that the part of the point is these are just a bunch of straight dudes who happen to not be wearing shirts and they're doing a manly thing together and you're just observing them again the way Bigfoot is. Bigfoot is the surrogate for you as the audience because he right. is a voyeur and he watches each of them and, and then there's that magical moment where uh, he considers just uh, crossing the line and just getting to know this guy before he murders him.
2: Okay. We'll talk about that in just a second, but that is really strange to have Bigfoot as an audience surrogate. I don't think I've ever encountered that in any movie ever. Back over to you, Sarah. Is there any... Now, you mentioned before that that potentially there could be either some uh, eroticism or entertainment value if these men were like more your type or if the sexuality was more explicit. In the form that it is right In the form that it is right now, is there any entertainment in this movie for you?
1: You know, I'm going to say no, because I watch, like I said, I watch a lot of trash movies, a lot of awful movies. So, I mean, in in 50 years, 40 years, somebody might pop this in, whatever medium you're going to watch things in in 40 years, and think, oh, wow, this is great, in the same way that I watch, you know, whatever some old 70s movie that's just really awful that I find endearing and I like. So I I guess there's that. There could be that aspect of it, but the filmmaking is just so awful. I mean, at least with something like Manos' Hands of Fate. I mean, that director, he's. I know what he's going for, and he's got it all on the screen, and I love it. This, I mean, I guess he just wants to look at, you know, Shirtless guys, but it's just really tedious, and it's you know it's just not good filmmaking if I'm looking at it that way
2: i think i mean I think we can only judge it as a as a film right i mean we we even though I don't think we need to uh condemn the the fetishistic aspects of it no, or no, the kick on screen, but if we're watching it as a horror movie uh as a traditionally made horror movie which has a beginning, middle, and end, then this is an extremely poor Movie And in fact, I think one could make the case that it's one of the worst movies Certainly one of the worst movies we feature on Eric Roberts is the fucking man And believe me, there is a lot of competition But maybe one of the worst movies I've ever seen Now, there's a very popular web program uh, on YouTube by Red Letter Media called Best of the Worst Where the hosts of that program, they go through bad movies and they talk about them And they, they usually laugh at them Recently they featured Bigfoot vs. D.B. Cooper on that I actually haven't seen it yet I held off on watching it until we could cover it on the show But my understanding is that they decided at that point This is a show that's covered at this point dozens of movies That this is the worst movie that they've ever featured on that show Meaning that it's one of the worst movies probably in existence So I actually want to pull that over back to you Sarah Before I go over to Liam with the same topic do yes. you think that this is in the top percentile of the worst movies you've ever seen? Do you think it's near the
1: top? I I, I hate when people, because uh, they do it on Twitter all the time. This is the sure. worst movie you've ever seen. Absolutely. And they always say, then you need to go see more movies. Because mm-hmm. I've seen that movie, and it is not even near the possibility of any Absolutely. list of the worst. So I hate when people do that. And I've seen thousands of films. I've logged at least over 5,000 on Letterboxd. So I can say that I've seen a lot of movies, and this is one of the worst that I have seen. Mm. Might not be the worst, but it's in my list of the worst because it's just boring. There's an, and there's nothing worse than a boring movie. If I could get some sort of entertainment out of it, I would not list it there. But I don't because it's just poor all the way around.
2: It's again, it it we're we're we're. Moving over territory here About whether it's meant to be something That we are not necessarily appreciating uh, But, I, like I said We can only really judge it On the merits of it being a horror film And in that sense um, You know, I watch a lot of micro-budget movies For No Budget Nightmares The other podcast I do And some of those movies Can just barely be described as movies They are, are very much amateur productions uh, And I will say that this movie would be amongst the higher percentile Maybe in the top two or three of worst movies Even covered on that show And, and the same as you, Sarah When people say, this is the worst movie ever I usually laugh I'm like, you need to see, you need to see Science Craze And you need to see Hip Hop Locos Before you, you can really know what poor filmmaking is But this is right up near the top of the list And in this podcast, Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man The top of that list is Dark Moon Rising The worst movie we've ever covered on this show So I'm going to pull that over to you Liam, is this a worse movie than Dark Moon Rising?
0: Um, no. Dark Moon Rising is still the worst thing I've had to watch uh for this particular podcast. Um possibly ever in my life. This is really really bad, like really bad. Uh but you know, it, it, once we're at this level of bad, we're really comparing um very obscure, weird things to try to sure. figure out, you know. And I gotta say, the guy who plays DB Cooper, he's been in a thing before. Like, yeah. he, all the other gentlemen whose main job is just not to have their shirt on, they've clearly, they don't even know how to spell acting, let alone have they done it. <laughs> but, but, um, this dude has done a thing and therefore has more oomph to him than most of the cast of Dark Moon Rising. In fact, Uh, The only person who acts in all of Dark Moon Rising is, in fact, Eric Roberts, and he appears to have actually been drunk most of that movie. (laughs) So um, I I just feel like this does not surpass Dark Moon Rising. But on the other hand, I do wonder if it's even worth comparing them, because Dark Moon Rising is actually trying to be a movie, and this just doesn't feel like a movie. It, Mm -hmm. It feels like it's trying to be something else and it just happens to have some movie elements in it.
2: I do think that there is a bait and switch involved with the creation of this movie and its title and the fact that its its poster and, and uh, DVD cover has a big picture of a Sasquatch attacking uh, D.B. Cooper with a gun and, and a briefcase. I mean, this is being set up. And with again, with the names above the title, Linnea Quigley, Eric Roberts, it is setting up an audience for something that they they have no intention of delivering. It's very much a masturbate and switch. <laughs> um, but I do want to talk to the both of you about those two names, Linnea Quigley and Eric Roberts. Now, we haven't talked about them yet, and there's a very good reason for that. Anyone going into this movie expecting Eric Roberts and Linnea Quigley are going to be, boy, I don't even know if disappointed is the word. Uh, sticking with you for a second, Liam, how how are these two actors integrated into this movie?
0: Well, both of them do voiceover work in the movie. Um, Eric Roberts's voiceover is, I guess, substantial. Certainly more substantial than uh, stewardess, but uh, <laughs> but but it's also not essential. Like, uh, or I guess it is. There are certain moments of his voiceover that are essential because they didn't bother to write out those parts of the plot. But um, for the most part, he just sort of is giving this kind of pithy explanation of like why this all makes
2: sense. He, Yeah, so Eric Roberts is the narrator. He's an older version of Bernie, our lead character, basically talking about this incident and saying, well, I know what really happened to D.B. Cooper. Spoiler, he turned into a Sasquatch. The Linnea Quigley character, that one is more troublesome because... There's a scene where DB Cooper is on an airplane, obviously. Uh, and by the way, there's footage of of, of a plane, like like uh, from the outside. Then there's footage from inside a plane, obviously not even stock footage, just like taken of inside of a plane. Then there's these massive close-ups of an actor playing DB Cooper, because obviously not on a plane at all. In fact, you can even see the reflection in his glasses that he's not on a plane and that he's just talking. I think I don't even think he's talking to uh, a woman in that particular uh, sequence. But then he's talking at one point to a stewardess, and that's the voice of Linnea Quigley, literally a line. And that's her entire part in this movie. And she is first build. Uh, Do you have any... uh, Going over to you, Sarah, do you have any issue with that sort of bait and switch when it comes to actors being in a movie? We we encounter it a lot on this show.
1: Uh, Yes, I was surprised. I mean... When the movie was over, I had to look up who Linnea Quigley was in that thing right. and realize that she was a stewardess, and also that was like the worst voice acting I've ever mm-hmm. heard. What the hell? I mean, I don't, not a fan of her anyway, so me you know, either she's either not either. a draw for me. But I could see if I saw that DVD box that I'm going to see her in this movie, like physically see, her. see her. Otherwise, what's the point?
2: Yeah, it's it's it really is. It's kind of the worst case scenario in regards to a lurid title with celebrities that don't really appear. I mean, literally do not appear in the movie at all. Uh, I mean, and I really we can't really we can't really overemphasize how crummy the Bigfoot suit is in this either. As Leah mentioned, it really is just it 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 looks like like footy pajamas that people have kind of sewed together with some fur on it and then just kept in shadow for the entire movie. What did you think of this Bigfoot costume, Sarah?
1: Uh, it was really poor, and he looked like he was purple. But When they were showing the close-up of him getting ready to... <laughs> when he was fondling the one guy that he was about to kill with all those loving motions of his um, abs. Yes. Yeah, it looked, looked like he had on white gloves that they had put some purple marker on to make them look old. I don't know, it was bad.
2: Yeah, it's really... So that sequence, to just to explain it to everybody, the, one of the last people who get killed, he Bigfoot actually approaches him... And we get a close-up of Bigfoot's hand slowly stroking or coming close to stroking his abs And there's a real implication of something sexual there before Bigfoot then just kind of, I guess, slashes him and kills him It might be one of the oddest things, maybe the oddest thing in a movie full of very strange uh, Again, strange for the purposes of watching it as a straight horror movie um, uh, sequences that take place but uh, but it also might be one of the most memorable parts because it's less boring <laughs> because it's like, what <laughs> is Bigfoot going to have sex with this guy? Honestly, that's what I was wondering and I was kind of hoping that was going to happen.
1: Well, yeah, I was going to say, I'm hoping.
2: I was hoping, but it was not to be. We have to ask the question now, and I know this one's going to be very, very difficult. Starting with you, Sarah, is Eric Roberts the fucking man in Bigfoot versus D.B. Cooper?
1: Wow, did we even talk about him? We just uh-huh. talked about his
2: voiceover and who he played, and uh, I mean, is there anything really else to talk about? What did you think of his voiceover
1: performance? Well, I just thought he sounded drunk. Like, the the more I got into the movie, the more drunk he sounded. Now, I don't know if he was, but I don't know. He, uh, I guess he's the man, he's the only reason to watch this movie? No, there. Uh, honestly, I love you, Eric Roberts, but there is no reason to watch this movie.
2: I mean, I usually I would try to protest something like that. This one, I'm I'm really having I'm trouble. I'm having trouble protesting that uh, verdict in this case. Liam, is he the fucking man in Bigfoot versus DB Cooper?
0: Uh, no. Um, his voiceover is uninspired. There are parts where it feels like he doesn't even really understand why he's saying what he's saying. There's like no. There there are sections where there's no um, conviction. He's just sort of reading it. He's reading it like he's reading an essay to us that's in a paper. Like, he just wants us to hear what this person wrote. Uh, And because he did this voiceover, now we had to watch this fucking movie. And, Mm -hmm. like, I don't want to have to watch this movie. I don't, you know, I don't want anyone to have to watch this movie unless this is the sort of thing that they need to jack off to. Like, there's really no reason there's there's nothing there's nothing that's funny there's you know what i mean like there's no even glimmer of entertainment unless you are turned on by this thing and even then it's it's uh it it doesn't fulfill If, if hopefully your turn on is not actually seeing sex because that doesn't happen
2: we've been obviously very careful to not try to um to, again, kink shame or to suggest That anyone who does enjoy this Or is in any way has bad taste Or is a bad person or anything along those lines However, if you're a person who has seen Bigfoot versus D.B. Cooper, let us know Let us know what you thought Let us know if you have a different opinion Let us know if we've gotten something wrong Or maybe we're missing something Or also, maybe this is for you For you as an audience member And just not for us There are lots of movies that are like that And I don't want to condemn them all I will say though that even if this is your kink uh why is the plot in it right i mean why have yeah. these these exploitationish plot elements why have such a bizarre meeting of characters as bigfoot and db cooper it just seems like it's it's trying to have its cake and eat it too but unfortunately it's it 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 fails on every level at least for me but that's bigfoot versus db cooper a truly wretched movie but we're done with it We never have to watch it again Hooray Let's take our final break When we return We're going to talk to Sarah We're going to tell you Where to find more episodes Of Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man And we're going to say Good night
1: Right now Right now Right now It's time to Get out of jail motherfucker! To the right, let them up on the
2: stand And let me kick, kick out the, the jam. jam Yes, kick out the jam And that was episode number 55 of Eric Roberts is the fucking man. I want to give a huge thank you to our guest today, Sarah Jane. Sarah, so, thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule to uh, talk with us about projects that, I got to be honest, maybe did not provide as much entertainment value as either of us were hoping. But I, I do want people to be able to check out your work. Where can people find you on the internet?
1: Well, uh, they can find me on Twitter at, at @fookthis, F-O-O-K-T-H-I-S. Uh, I'm on Letterboxd at uh, backslash fuck this. I try to be fuck this on everything so you can find me. Um, I also write two different columns for Talk Film Society, Overlooked and Underseen, where every Monday I focus on a movie that is, well, overlooked and underseen. And then um, biweekly, I do a column called Saturday Afternoon Kaiju, where I look at kaiju movies, the beloved Godzilla, Gamera, anything that I used to watch when I was uh, a young kid. And um, also, I got one more thing going on. I have a girl gang, and we do a thing on Saturday nights. Mm -hmm. It's the hashtag PGA Party Massacre, where we watch a movie and then live tweet it, and then the five of us get drunk in a Slack chat room and dare each other to do naughty things on the (laughs) internet.
2: So, Just another good reason to follow at FookThis on Twitter. Uh, Sarah, once again, thank you so much. And of course, we'll also link in uh, the show notes today uh, your wonderful essay on the Pope of Greenwich Village for Talk Film Society. Very worthwhile read. And again, again I would think anyone listening to this is a fan of that movie. And uh, and again, I loved reading it. I'm sure all of our listeners will enjoy it as well. Liam, you're always a very busy man. What are you up to? Right
0: now, uh Still kicking it with Cinepunks and Har Business. Oh, you're still um, doing those? Yeah, it's crazy. Can you believe it? Um <laughs> The latest Cinepunks is is a really good episode. I'd encourage people to check it out. And uh Horror Business. Um it's not it should be up by the time this is up. Uh we have an episode where we talked about uh Orca and Piranha. So that's ah. that's pretty good.
2: You know, was, Liam, Orca the Killer Whale was filmed in Newfoundland where I'm from.
0: I know, I know. Um, I might have mentioned that on the episode, something about like, <laughs> this looks like the sort of hellscape that would spawn Doug Tilly. Uh, but I'm not sure if I if I did say that right. I'm not. I should have. Uh, I also did a guest spot recently on the Final Girls uh, podcast. Me and Justin were both on to talk about Piranha 3D, a truly painful film, and uh, Deep Blue Sea. So that was fun. Uh, big thanks to them for having me on.
2: A lot of underwater movies you've been watching recently.
0: Yeah. Well, they did a whole series only on water movies, which is weird. And then, um, but fun. And then Justin's been trying to, we're doing this like, uh, I think he called it Animals Gone Wild, which I wonder if that's a direct reference to Girls Gone Wild. But uh, we're we're doing the next like four horror businesses are all animal movies. So we did one that was uh, Razorback and Alligator mm-hmm. that I thought was pretty good.
2: Very nice. I right. Check that out over at CinePunks.com. And you can, of course, find Liam on Twitter at LiamRules, R-U-L-Z, all one word. You can find me on Twitter at Doug underscore Tilly. That's T-I-L-L-E-Y. You can, of course, find more Eric Roberts greatness over at EricRobertsIsTheMan.com where you can find older episodes of the show and you can subscribe via iTunes or wherever you would like. And, of course, if you're looking to pick up one of those Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man t-shirts, they will soon be available on the website you can also search for eric roberts is the man on facebook to join our facebook group and of course eric roberts is the fucking man is on twitter at e r i t f m and that's always rocking and rolling you can find my other podcast no budget nightmares over at no budget podcast Dot com. We recently covered... What movie did we cover recently on <laughs> No Budget Nightmares? Let me see if I can remember. We we covered uh, a movie called Terror at Baxter U. I believe that was our 97th episode, meaning that we're rapidly approaching our big 100, and we have some amazing special guests scheduled for that. You can find that at No budget Podcast on Twitter or go over to No NoBudgetPodcast.com. But I think that's it. Aside from putting another shout-out out there for one Mr. Eric Roberts on Twitter, at Eric Roberts, all one word... It's time for us to say goodnight I think we've exhausted our capacity To watch Eric Roberts for today But when I wake up tomorrow morning I will be feeling refreshed We will be ready to tackle another day of Eric Roberts Classics And in two weeks We will return to talk about them So why don't we say goodnight for now Good night, everybody Eric Roberts is a fucking man
1: Eric Roberts is a fucking man Eric Roberts is the fucking man If there's anything that you can do, Eric Roberts fucking can